bi-week questions for the Badgers. What can we learn? What are we still wondering about going into this really important break for the football team? Let's get into it. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Harris. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making this one of your first listens every single day. Really do appreciate all y'all. Uh, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's talk about this bye week, this really well placed bye week, which originally I didn't love the timing of it. I've talked about it. I wanted a bye week a little later in the year. I think it's in a great spot considering where this team's at considering some of the issues they've had, considering the growth that I think is still in there, and considering some of the injuries that they've been playing around with, specifically Chez, I think this is a great time for the bye week. Um, All right, let's get into some offensive and defensive questions or thoughts that I have that either I want to see if we can solve coming out of the bye week or I'm still really pondering if this team can do it going into the bye week. So I'm going to start offensively. Uh, Throw your comments in there. As you know, we always take those, bundle them together. We do a comment show, so I love getting your thoughts on this stuff. Um, your perspectives obviously make the show what it is. So let's start here with offensive questions and thoughts heading into the bye week. The first one is, are we going to see a prime Tanner Mordecai game this year? Like, I, I have been on record as really liking what Tanner Mordecai brings to this team from just a, a stability standpoint. Like, he's kind of like the rudder on a ship. And, you know, you're navigating through the channel and there's there's jagged rocks and cliffs on each side. And I feel confident Tanner's going to keep your ship in the middle of that channel. I guess that's a fancy way of saying game manager, right? Uh, I've been really impressed with though with his. He's unflappable. He moves the he moves well. You know, he'll take a huge hit and the next drive he's totally fine. Like going on the road, Washington State and Purdue, like that's why you get this guy. So I he checks all those boxes. But when you look back at Tanner Mordecai, he's more than a game manager, right? There are multiple times in his career: three hundred yards, three hundred fifty yards, four hundred yards. He's got a nine touchdown game. Obviously, that's a video game number. Nobody is expecting that in Madison. But are we going to get a prime Tanner Mordecai game this year where he throws for 370 and four touchdowns, right, in a, in, against a Big Ten team? Are we going to get that? Are we going to get a game where Morty, um, you know, where he kind of carries the offense throughout an entire half or throughout an entire game if you need him? I don't know. We haven't seen it. We're four games in. Listen, we're a quarter of the way through the season. We're four games in. We haven't seen that yet. Um, and there was a prime opportunity to do it, Washington State, when the running game wasn't going, and it didn't happen. So I'm I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say we are going to see one of those games. Um, I don't know where it's going to come, but we haven't seen it yet, and I think that's a fair thing to question because we talked about it in the offseason. A lot of people did. When you look at the statistical resume of Mordecai, and there were thoughts, you know, could he throw 35 touchdowns? Could he throw 3,500 yards? Whatever it is, you know, we have to see one of those big games. I'm curious if we're going to get it. Um, the next one I talked about a little previously, but obviously this is a huge question going into the, the bye week, and this is a huge opportunity for the coaches. How are you going to replace Chess Malusi? Now, you're not going to one-for-one one replace Chess Malusi, right? You're not going to stick Jackson Aker in there and say, all right, you're the Malusi replacement. That's not how this works. It's kind of like a Moneyball thing, if you remember the Moneyball movie, where you have to kind of piece things together to to – you know, like a kind of Frankenstein out some type of creation that resembles what Malusi can do. So maybe you take, you know, Jackson Acres' legs and you stitch them onto Nate White's 
you know, quickness and you attach uh, Katie Akimeli's versatility with a little bit of dash of this. So how are they going to do it? I'm not really sure. I have thoughts. I talked about this on the show the other day. I think one of the things they're going to do is they're going to throw it more. But this is the problem with throwing it more. Who's the running back you trust to, to be in pass protection, right? We know that's not Braylon's strongest suit. Um, are they going to trust a KD Akimeli to go in there and, and protect a quarterback on, on a obvious passing down? I doubt it. You know, Jackson Akers probably a better blocker, probably. But listen, let's be fair. Everyone has said, well, he's a fullback. He's probably a better block. Being a fullback is different than being a pass protector, right? Certainly there's similarities, but you have to have a level of situational awareness. I'm not saying he has or doesn't have it. I'm just saying just because he has a fullback background doesn't instantly make him a great pass protector, right? We don't know is the answer. He could be, but we don't know. That's the answer. So what are they going to do? You know, are they going to give Braylon some more carries and reps? Yes. I think that's absolutely a part of it. It can't be all of it because you're going to wear Braylon down. We've seen that. So you give Braylon a few more. I think you throw more. I really wonder, I talked about this, if maybe when Riley Nowakowski gets back, he's a little smaller than the typical tight end. Could he just be your blocking, your blocking running back, right? On obvious passing downs. Is that crazy? I don't think that's crazy. We'll see. I'm very interested to see how they approach pass protection without Malusi in there, without overloading Braylon Allen. Um, it's something that we got to, it's something we got to watch. And it's something that's, that's one of the reasons to see a great time for the bye week to let the coaches figure that out. Um, next question going into the bye week, solidifying the receiver rotation, figuring out roles. Listen, we went into the year and how many receivers did Phil Longo talk about? We're going to get X number of receivers involved. Six, right? That was the number. We're going to get six involved. And it was the guys on the depth chart plus uh, Keontes Lewis. Keontes Lewis is obviously gone. Now, even now, five almost seems a little much, right? When you look at the passing game, you look coming off a game where I think Mordecai completed 17 passes. Is that correct? Not a lot, right? And you start thinking about divvying those up between five receivers. You start to wonder if five is a little too big of a number, right? And you look at this rotation, obviously DK has established himself as receiver one. Pauling has an automatic role in the slot. And then you have three guys, right, with C.J. Williams, Bryson Green, um, sorry, C.J. Williams, Bryson Green, I'm, I'm blanking. Oh, and Skylar Bell. Yep, so you have these other three guys who really haven't been able to carve out through three games a consistent, or through four games, sorry, a consistent uh, um, ro- rotation, a consistent role. C.J. Williams broke out last game, but prior to that, he'd been kind of quiet. Bryson Green has been able to find his footing at all. Skylar Bell's had those two huge drops, but in between, he's looked pretty good, right? Explosive on some of those shorter plays where I think he can do a lot of damage. So how do you solidify that rotation going forward when three of the guys have been plagued with inconsistency? Again, I think Pauling checks the box. He is what we thought he would be. Get him the ball more, please. DK, everything I thought he'd be, and even a little bit more. He looks fantastic. Uh, but I never really had doubts with DK. I, I thought he would be receiver one or two coming into the year. Where I was wrong is I thought Bryson Green would be that other receiver one or two. He's been MIA. So solidifying this receiver rotation coming out of the bye week, I think, is really important. And I don't know how it's going to go. Like, I, I really don't know. I expected this to be more fluid. I expected more completions. I expected these guys to eat a little bit more. Um, I like what CJ did against Purdue, that could be a bit of a springboard going forward the rest of the season. Maybe he's that big body third down possession receiver that we thought Bryson Green would be. I don't know. Sky has to catch those deep passes. So you got two answers, right, with with Pauling and DK. We got to see with the other three. Um, My last kind of offensive question thought heading into the bye week is offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. 
two things here, two big things here. It gives Nelson an opportunity to just, right, breathe, breathe. Um, one of the things we talk about on this show a lot is you're never as bad as your worst film or never as good as your best film. He's not as bad as he's shown at times this year, right? That Washington State film, that's not Jack Nelson. We've seen him for several years, and maybe he's not a first, second, third, fourth, down, fourth round offensive tackle in the NFL. He's not that, though. He's not a guy that you can't that can't hold up at all. So I really think this bye week is maybe an opportunity for, opportunity for him to just, like I said, take a breath. You're all right. Let's let's get back to the fundamentals. Let's focus on that, and um, let's let's establish some some level of consistency for the rest of the year. Let's eliminate some of the silly penalties. Let's let's get into more of a rhythm that you're used to. So I think that's big. And then obviously Renfro coming back potentially is the big linchpin to moving all these chess pieces on the offensive line around because you stick him in the middle. And I want to get to this in a second. But what does that do? I want to get to Renfro in a second specifically. But what does it do for the rest of the line? Now you move Bordelini to guard where he's better. So you're improving at two spots by adding Renfro. Renfro at center, the snaps get better. And what did the snaps getting better do? I think they helped the timing of Mordecai. Like everything could get better with Renfro in the middle. That's not an exaggeration right? Everything could get better. Your guard play is going to get better. I think your timing on the passing game is going to get better with Mordecai. Um, but all this hinges on how ready is Renfro. Renfro's missed a lot of time with injury. So don't be surprised if you stick him back in there and he doesn't look like the center you, you've been expecting, the center that you beat LSU out for in the transfer port market. Now, if he is, and he is that guy and he can plug and play, I think the offense instantly is, is a couple notches better. So I'm excited for that one. Those are my offensive question marks and, and thoughts heading into the body. Coming up defensively, where can we get better and where where do I know? I don't think we have a lot of room to get better at coming out of the bye week. That's coming up next on Locked on Badgers. But first, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. I, listen, anyone who knows me knows know that I'm kind of a logistical nightmare, right? I don't plan at all. Um, I don't really plan ahead. I don't really plan immediately. <laughs> I do many things on the, the spur of the whim, which is why I once tried to map out a pond on a canoe, like an old school, um, what's, a, what's a term for a map maker? Um, I should know this because my, my grandfather was actually one, but I actually tried to go around a pond with a map and draw it out with like a, a pencil and a paper and try to see how close I could get to the actual satellite picture of the pond. I was very far off. It turns out that's a really hard thing to do, but it speaks to my level of inability of planning, which is why game time is the perfect app for me to buy tickets because you can do last minute sales, flash sales. You no longer have to plan months ahead with game time. They are the fastest growing ticket marketplace in America because they have an incredible selection. They have pictures of the seats, flash sales, and last minute ticket deals. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's get back into um, our bye week content here. And again, really important time for the bye week. Let's get into some defensive questions. I think the first one's obvious. I just talked about it, but but Muma, right? We got to come out of this bye week with that inside linebacker rotation, and Muma Nanjameda figured out a little bit more. We're coming off a, a game where he played one snap, and for one of the guys who is is going to be is one of the best, one of the better players on your defense. He's absolutely one of the most physical point of attack defenders. He's a guy who can stack and shed blocks. He's a guy. By the way, do you see how well Purdue ran in this game? I. 
I know that I don't think Muma is the greatest guy in space. I bet you if he's out there at middle linebacker for more reps, playing the way he normally plays, Purdue doesn't run to that level, right? They don't gash Wisconsin quite as well. Um, Muma has a physical presence. He's able to rush the passer straight line. Yeah, like getting him back in that rotation, whatever this one-week weirdness was, getting him back, getting him consistent, I think it's going to be a big part going forward in the season. When you when you start playing Iowa, when you – he's going to be a big part of that Ohio State game, right? Ohio State isn't going – isn't the traditional Ohio State team that we played. They're going to try to run the ball more between the tackles because they don't trust their quarterback as much as they have previously with like a C.J. Stroud, right? They're going to try to be more between the tackles. They're going to try to run. They're going to try to control the clock. That's a big game for Muma. The Iowa game is a big game for Muma. Minnesota still wants to run a lot between the tackles. That's a big game for Muma. So getting that, whatever that is, figured out and sorted out is going to be a huge part coming out of the bye, going down into the stretch run of the season for the Badgers. Uh, the safety rotation. Man, I was so high on this group of safeties. I was like, before the season, I said, this might be the strongest group on the team, right? Because you've got Wohler, Latou. Um, obviously, you're going to have Blaylock in there. Zachman, I like Austin Brown, Braden Moore. And it's been a little iffy, right? It's been a little iffy. There's been a lot of missed tackles, even Wohler. Now, Wohler has been great, right? He's been a stalwart at three levels for this team, but he's missed some tackles he shouldn't either. But on the other side of him, it's just been craziness. Like, Latou is basically out of rotation. Zachman started last game. I really like what Zachman does. But there's some growing pains there. Travion Blaylock's been in and out consistently. Um, they, I think they just got to figure it out. And if it's Zachman, this is a great time, again, talking about the bye week, a great time to get him more reps and continue to kind of help him grow and ascend to this higher role on the defense. So I like going forward. I like Zachman paired with Wohler. I think I think Zachman is a little more steady. Lutu, listen, Latou's the better athlete. Latou's a great athlete, big, fast, long, physical, strong. That's why he was a starter. That's why he came over last year and played right away. He's a different type of athlete, but that doesn't matter if you're missing tackles, right? It doesn't matter if you're not covering. So I expect going forward a lot of Zachman, and I, I am curious to see how that looks as he grows throughout the year getting those starter reps. Um, Alexander Smith is another one coming out of the bye week. Uh, he just hasn't played great this year, and that's a guy – you talk about, um, I, th I thought in this offseason I talked about, we did a show where I said that might be the most important player on the defense. Not the best, because I thought that was Wohler, but I thought there was more depth at safety. I said Alexander Smith might be the most important guy, and he just hasn't played really well. You know, it's 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 been weird at times almost how he's played. He, I think he looked better against Purdue. So hopefully if he can continue coming out of this bye week and regain some of his form, and the coaching staff can kind of continue to figure out how to use him. That's something – Luke Fickle talked about, I think it was after the Washington State game, but in his presser, he said, we're still continually trying to figure out how best to use these pieces. And he said, it's a continual thing. Like you're never, you're never perfect at it. I think they're still kind of tinkering on the coaching side, what works best for these guys. Um, you know, a, a good second half of Alexander Smith with the emergence of Ricardo Holman. And I think really solid slot play with Matry. I think you start to see the semblance of a secondary coming together. So, and it's going to need to, Right. Not for Iowa, not for Nebraska, not for Minnesota's got some receivers, but they don't got a quarterback. Um, but for Ohio State, Ohio State, despite not looking like vintage Ohio State this year, despite not having a Justin Fields, a Barrett, a Braxton, uh, you know, a Corday, like you, they're dead. So many good quarterbacks that have hurt us. Tell, tell me where Ohio State has hurt you. They've hurt me everywhere. Um, but they don't got that guy this year, but they still got receivers. They still have elite receiver talent on the edge and if our corners don't start playing don't continue to improve Ohio State's going to torch us so 
Alexander Smith upping that game and continuing to get back to the level that we saw last year is going to be a big deal coming out of this bye week. And the last one's tackling, right? What have we what have we talked about? What have been the most consistent things we've talked about from a negative standpoint over the course of four games this year? Like, there's a couple. It's not just tackling. One of them, one of them's penalties, right? Like penalties are 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 too much. Um, not the discipline's not there for whatever reason. But one of them is tackling. Like every week we've talked about tackling, 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 tackling at the linebacker level, tackling at the safety level, tackling at the cornerback level. It's it's just not been something this team has consistently executed and it has to get better. Can it? Can it? Will it? I don't know. How many teams do you know a quarter in the season have looked bad tackling just about every game and they suddenly turn the switch? I don't know your thoughts on that. I would love to get them. Uh, all right, coming up, we have a few more questions, a few more things I think that we can improve on. What what can we? What do I feel really good about improving on coming out of this bye week? And what do I think? I don't want to say a lost cause, but might be a bit of a lost cause coming out of the bye week. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is made for people like me who do not plan, who don't get everything they need when they go to the grocery store. Um, I'm definitely the guy who goes to Home Depot four times because I never quite know how many nails and screws I need. That's what DoorDash is for. If you're missing syrup for your pancakes, you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, DoorDash grocery delivery. You can get what you want right when you need it. Convenient, easy to use. Um, it, it's there for you. Whatever grocery store you want to use, they have um, the ability to pick your grocery store, get everything delivered right to your door. And it's great on value. Save money on all your restaurants with a $0 delivery fee. So you're not paying anything for delivery with the DoorDash membership. Um, and best-in-class customer support. Uh, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it, and you get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer terms to apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right. Let's talk about, um, I thought this was something, this has been rattling around in my head, right? Because I've watched a lot of football in my life. A lot of people who watch this show have watched a lot of football or sports in general in their lives, right? There's a point in the season, kind of an inflection point where you, you say, this is kind of who we are this year, right? Like the improvements, some of the improvements are going to have to happen in the offseason, either through personnel, new schemes, whatever it is. There's only so much you can improve and change and grow um, on in a year, right? During the season, when you're constantly managing injuries, when you're constantly prepping for the next opponent, et cetera, et cetera. That's why this bye week is so important. This is like one of your last opportunities to really put some growth into this thing before you start just prepping for, for the next opponent type stuff. So I'm going to give you three areas I think that this team can really improve on for the rest of this year coming out of this bye week. The first one is penalties slash execution. I think it's an obvious one. Listen, this is a new rep. This is new for everybody. Okay. This is new for these coaches being in Madison, being in the big 10. This is a new environment for them. Um, a lot of these coaches are not, we're not all from the Cincinnati staff. So everybody's still, even if there's a familiarity there, everybody's still learning how to work together, how they're going to handle certain situations that doesn't come instantly, right? Imagine a time you were thrown together with a bunch of other really competent, excuse me, really competent professionals. Even, even if everybody's competent and everybody is there for the right reasons, the synergy and the chemistry doesn't immediately happen, right? So 
I think there's going to be growth here. Certainly, I talked about the coaches being new, but the players are also new in this scheme. So I think that penalties and the execution errors Wisconsin has seen, those are going to get better and better as the season goes on. I truthfully believe that. I think it's a little bit of, it's a new thing. Everybody's new. Um, and the more reps you get in that, the better you get. Okay, so I think that's going to get better. Tackling. I actually think tackling is going to get better. And it's partially, I hate to say this, but it's partially because they're, they're limiting, they're starting to limit reps of people who have had struggles. Like we've seen Kamoyla too lose reps primarily because he can't tackle. He hasn't been able to tackle, right? So I think something Luke Fickle talked about specifically in regards to Preston Zachman is he brings stability. He's a stabilizing force. They're going to tinker and they're going to find the people that are going to tackle. And I think because of that, you're going to see tackling get better. I don't think, I don't think this is ever going to be a great tackling team, but is it going to be the level of which we saw week one, week two, week three? I think, no, I think it gets better. I think they emphasize that this is a great time to put some pads on, pop some people during the bye week where you don't have to be so cautious with injuries. I think they'll really, really harp on it because it's been a huge, it's been a huge deal. And they're going to find the players that are going to do it. So I do think tackling gets better, although this is never going to be, it's never going to be a great tackling team. Um, and offensive line, that's my other one. I think offensive line gets better coming out of the bye week uh, for a couple reasons, right? I've talked about Renfro, but I honestly believe sometimes you just need a bit of a mental break. I think Jack Nelson has needed that. I think he's better than what we've seen. Um, he's going to be better. I really do believe that. I think Nelson gets a little better. You put Renfro in the middle. I would love to see Trey Weddy get some more reps. I think he's looked really good. But Renfro in the middle by himself solves your snapping issues. It makes you better at, at guard because Bordellini's now a guard. I think Nelson's going to continue to get a little bit better throughout the year as he just kind of calms down and settles into the system. And with Renfro back, your depth gets better, right? You go from six deep to seven deep. So I think offensive line coming out of the bye week is going to get better. It's going to be stabilized. A lot of this is dependent on Renfro. But if he's there, the line's going to be better. And that's going to make the offense better. So those are three things, tackling, penalties, and offensive line that I feel confident are going to get better going forward. Here's a couple of things I don't, I don't think are going to get a lot better. The vertical passing game. I, here's the thing. Like, this was a bit of a question mark with Mordecai coming in. When I talked to the SMU guy, he said the deep ball accuracy was, it's, it can be a little hit or miss. We've already kind of seen it. We've seen maybe our best deep threat receiver, Keontas Lewis, at least our, our fastest guy, probably he's left the program. Our second fastest, most explosive guy, Skylar Bell's had trouble catching the ball. I just don't think this is going to be a great deep vertical team. Uh, it's going to get better. Listen, we're not going to go the entire year and not hit any passes, but I don't think it's going to be what we expected. Uh, it's, I think it's a bit of a combination of Tanner Mordecai. He's just, he's not the greatest deep ball passer. He does a lot of things really, really well. He is, does, but he's, there's, a reason he came to Madison instead of entering the draft, it's because he's not the perfect quarterback. Very few people are, by the way, that's not a knock on Tanner Mordecai, but his deep ball accuracy is something that has, has eluded him a little bit. And I don't think that magically gets better in season. So I don't think that's an area that we're going to get dramatically better at throughout the year. It's you're, you're, we're going to hit some shots. We're not going to go the entire year, but I don't think that's an area where there's a ton of growth for Wisconsin. Um, and the other one is consistent front seven pressure. I, it's, James Thompson has been a revelation. He's been great. But I think we've seen from the rest of the front seven that you have to scheme up pressure. We have guys that either against the run or against the pass at times struggle to get off blocks, at times struggle to be disruptive. And I just don't think that's something that you can solve in a bye week, right? You need you need some different personnel. You need you need to bring in a Lafayette uh, next year or 
or maybe a Darian Varner continues to grow, getting or continues to kind of get those reps and, and get back into the groove of things. He could provide more disruption in the second half. But I think this is a team that's going to have to scheme up pressure more than rely on people beating uh, blockers one-on-one. And again, I don't think that's something you can solve in the bye week. So overall, I'm pretty confident. It's still at this point in the season, Wisconsin is exactly where I thought they would be. I thought they would have one loss to Washington State. I thought they would be three and one heading into the bye with a win over Purdue. And I think there's room. There's room to grow. There is definitely room to grow with this team. So I'm confident. I think we're winning the Big Ten West. Um, I'm very, very, very interested to see what they do with the running back rotation and if Renfro is able to get back. But with that, on Wisconsin, thank you for making this one of your first listens every day. If you're an everydayer, really do appreciate you. Bunch more content coming up this week. Thank you so much, and on Wisconsin.